1: All right, guys, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm bringing on a new buddy of mine, Brad Milford, and, dude, he's got a really cool story, and I love some of the things that he's doing. So I'm Donnie Bovee, and this is Donnie's Success Champions. Brad, my new friend, tell us your story.
2: You want to quit right now, don't you? I see it in your eyes. You want to give up right now? But you can't give up on the fight right now. Look up! The finish line is in sight right now. Your success and greatness is ready to take flight right now. The fruits of your labor are just turning ripe right now. That's why you planted all those seeds so you can take a bite right now. The unbelievable, it's believable. You're reaching new heights right now. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place
1: for champions. (laughs)
2: i love that just open you just like open mic day yeah all all day long (laughs) i love it i have a pretty interesting and fascinating story and i I love speaking into it so i appreciate you having me on it's an honor to be here um and i let me just start out like when i was like seven years old because i am just a serial (laughs) entrepreneur when i was seven years old and i'm kind of a deep guy so you'll talk me through that i'm sure yep i'm seven years old i came to realize see my mom and my stepfather had an argument and this was one of those arguments that they ended the relationship and i also never knew my father and so when they split i'll just be honest i i realized i needed attention my mom was working all the time so now she was a single parent four children I just needed some attention. I really just wanted to be loved. But the truth is, I didn't know how to get that. So I went on a path. (laughs) (laughs) I took a path. And I became the class clown. And I went through that stage. And, you know, I did all kinds of entrepreneurial things in succession with that. And perhaps that's what has brought me here today. But I went from there. I was that guy who was turning in pop bottles. And I had three paper routes. And I was changing the marquee on the on the local movie theater. I mean, I did everything I could to generate, you know, selling, uh, t- buying gum and selling it for twice the price. <laughs> Those types of things. I went on to uh, at sixteen and seventeen, I left home and went on to uh, uh, take a sales path up and down the uh, up and down the East Coast. I hit um, almost all the beaches. Well, not all, but <laughs> I hit a lot of beaches, um, and that was fascinating. Then I went to the Navy. So what I came to find through this is that I was searching for something. I kept searching for something. First I thought it was attention. Then I thought it was uh just camaraderie. That's what I that's why I went to the military for travel. Then I thought it was culture from around the country.
1: Well wait, I can't I can't let this go by really quick. You know, thank you for being in my taxi service. <laughs>
2: I was a jarhead, so <laughs> I love that. I love that. I knew it right away when you said that. <laughs>
1: you know, just just for our listeners, and they know I'm going to do it. But you know, I really appreciated being a department of the Navy. Just happened to be the men's department. I'm sorry, Brad. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love it.
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I was I was fascinated by the Navy. Uh, almost six years. I got out just a little bit early, a couple months early. That early up but it was it was fascinating i learned a lot but i also learned that it wasn't camaraderie that i was searching for and so i came out with a ton of a ton of experience i was a cryptologist so i studied they call us spook we were always in the what is called a skiff special compartmented information center and they're highly you know highly locked up we were like locked up in rooms with with no windows and that kind of stuff but it was it was tremendous and i did and i did learn a lot about camaraderie but also learned that that wasn't the thing I was searching for either. Came out of the, the Navy um, in a shortened version of, of this story, believe it or not. And uh, and I, I fell into um, building stadiums. So a buddy of mine from the Marines introduced me to building stadiums. And I started out as a laborer. But then a year and a half into that, my entrepreneurial mindset, <laughs> I looked around and said, guys, why are we working for a nitwit? We could do this ourselves, and so we branched off. And then two weeks later, we had our first two hundred fifty thousand dollars contract, which was amazing. And then we built we built that business, and then on to another business and a third business in that recreation industry. So playgrounds, tennis courts, basketball courts, anything you basically have ever seen in a park, um, I began to become experienced in. And those businesses were awesome. But, there's always a but in these stories, right?
1: (laughs) There almost always is.
2: (laughs) But, through this search, I still wasn't finding what I was looking for. So, it came to over 14 and a half, 15 years in that business, which was amazing. It was extremely lucrative. It paid me very well. I made tons of money. But I'm that metaphorical guy that came to the top of the mountain, looked over and said, Are you freaking kidding me? Is this all there is? I mean, I, I could tell, there's fun stories, and I love telling stories. I mean, we, I had come from the military, and I had come from a relatively relatively poor family. Um, I'm sure there's worse off, but we didn't have a whole lot of single parent, you know, four children. We didn't have a whole ton of money. I came from that poverty mindset, so I had a lot of stuff going on. I went from that to the military, heavy drinking environment, to construction, heavy drinking environment, right? Needless to say, I had a relationship with alcohol, not an alcoholic, but I noticed around my circles that that's what everybody was doing. And I was, I was, I'm going to just be frank here. What I came to find when I came to the top of that mountain was I was surrounded by people. So it looked to all my friends, like I had an amazing life. I was making a ton of money. I was, I I had people around me all the time. I had a team of 22 people who worked for me. They were all amazing, but I was so empty inside. I mean, we'd go to the bars, there'd be 40 people lined up and we'd all be quote unquote having fun, Hmm. but it wasn't fun. That wasn't real friendship. And frankly, I was, I was surrounded by people, but I was, I was empty and alone. So I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I desperately knew something was wrong, and and I know this is deep stuff, but it's but it's real, and that's what I pride myself on is the reality of this. I think there's a lot of people in life who, who appear to us at times to to be really happier, to have the greatest of this or the greatest of that, but they're carrying this thing inside them that that, that does not represent that at all. So I went on a search, <laughs> a different search. To figure out what that was so that was about 12 years ago and I gave up that company so I was making a ton of money I literally gave up all of that six figure plus the money is not important but you know high amount of income I had no idea what I was going to do but I knew one thing my son was just reaching his high school years so that those two things kind of came together at the same time and I decided just make a massive shift I said, I'm not going to, one, waste the time with him because I have one child. So I'm not going to waste the time with him. I'm going to go home, be there with him through his high school and college years, and I'm going to figure this thing out, whatever this thing is. So I did that very thing. So I went from, from high six figures to zero, <laughs> <laughs> absolute zero. <laughs> and that was a struggle. So talk about, you know, overcoming some adversity. I knew there were a number of things going on. One, my character was, and you said it was okay to swear. So oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. My character was <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the one good thing that I had done along the way is I had always listened to some kind of audio book because I was traveling. Building yep. stadiums, building playgrounds, tennis courts, those kind of things. You're traveling constantly. So I was a road warrior. So I listened to I'm going back a few ways, so listening to the cassette tapes. Oh wow, way back! Probably some listeners that don't know what those are. Brad, I'm
1: just curious: were, were dinosaurs really that big? <laughs>
2: they sure appeared that way to me. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, but so I w- I had some 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 mentoring, you know, via audio tape, if you will, right back at that time, but. Um, I had traveled so much. So from the time I was 16 to, to that time to, to, you know, up to to like 12 years ago, I was consistent travel Um, in the stadium industry. One day I was in Reno and the next day I was in, you know, like Staten Island, New York. I mean, it was, it was real heavy travel. So I didn't, I don't like to waste time. I'm a maximizer. So that's, that was a way that I could continue my education. So I knew based on that foundation, I knew something was seriously wrong. I just, I couldn't put a finger on it. I could I just couldn't put a finger on it. So, but I knew it had something to do with character. It had something to do with leadership. What, what I know now that I didn't know then is I had, yes, I was quote unquote successful, but there are levels of success. I've defined those, <laughs> at least my definition of those, um, what those levels are. I'm happy to share those with the listeners, but, I came to find that my leadership lid, as it said, was capped. So that was a successful business, but I, quite frankly, I couldn't have taken that any higher because I didn't have the capacity to be able to do that. Mm. Even having uh, three, you know, I was doing about $7 million for each company, which is an incredible feat for a guy with what I'll say, piss poor background. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not bad at all. And I think, I think people can do that, but there, there are some levels of, of success. and I'd love to share those with you listeners to, to drop something really practical. Um, I believe the first level is, is struggle. So I see now today, looking back, we, we tend to come through a thing and have a breakthrough. And then that gives us the ability to look back through it and see others in, in that space, if right. you will. And so struggle is the first, and I think people are reaching out because there's so many pieces to the puzzle, and that's, that's the first level of struggle. Then the second level is structure. When we begin to build a business, we begin to structure systems, all these things that people talk about. They're not so sexy, <laughs> but they're real. <laughs> right. um, once you begin to get that structure, then it becomes a real company. This, the third level actually is striving. So here's how I describe, describe striving. When, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have these ideas and your mind is just churning like a million miles a minute, that's what I call striving. And so every entrepreneur has had these moments of striving. And what happens is we, we bounce back and forth between these levels as we're learning. The next level is success. That's when you really, when you start to move through these levels and you really start to produce consistently, predictably, you start to really become successful. But there are levels beyond that, too, and I don't hear a whole lot of people talking about it, so I'm really passionate about talking about those levels. There are excellence, that's above success, and then you have what I call brilliance, <laughs> where there's mastery, and then there's brilliance, and then there's genius. And if we look at this, this as like a tier or a ladder, it gives us a format to know where we are through that process. And I love speaking into those because I've heard a lot of people say, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. And I can see how I'm filtering back back and forth through yeah. those levels.
1: Now, this is really, really interesting. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about your background that I want to dive into. No, I mean, hell with that. We heard your background. So I love this. And I, Well, I love these levels. And And here's why I love the levels is. I can see myself in those levels. And, and it's not often that I can do that when I talk to people, right? When they, when they hit me with a philosophy that maybe I haven't fully heard before, but, um, and I can see where I'm at, right? So I went through the struggle, right? Um, because that's how I figured out who I was. You know, um, I'm, I'm in the structure slash success side of things right now. Right, because I do have some very cool successes. I do have some very cool wins, but I'm building the structure for stability portion of it yes. right, of the company, right? And that that's really, really where I see it. So I'm curious, is I'm looking at success, and everybody defines it to their own terms, right? Um, I'm looking at success right now by micro wins, you know, and 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 different win levels. Do you put a a definition to success, which I find hard to believe, but I'm just curious if you do. (laughs) Um, And then how do you go beyond that? Right. That that makes sense.
2: I love that. It makes perfect sense. And I absolutely love the question. It's a fantastic question. So I created those structures so that I could label them because I've come through them in, in different industries, not just that one industry. So yes, I mean, I do think success is subjective. It's relative. Um, it's different for everybody. For me, though, what I came to find is that, so I said I was on a search, right? Yeah. I came to find that it wasn't any of those things. That my meaning, so I'm one of those guys who was searching for purpose all my life. Oh, I want to find purpose. I need to find my purpose. I need to find my purpose, right? How often do we hear those things? (laughs) Purpose is not out there. It's just not out there. So there's too many people. I want I'm so passionate about this. There's way too many people. And I love Simon Sinek. And I think he's convoluted this. I mean, he's a great subject. He's a great leadership teacher. For anybody that's heard of him, he does this great stuff about why, right? And why has been talked about, it's talked about all over the internet. Now, however, I think they convoluted the situation. One, purpose is not out there somewhere, purpose is inside. And I want to encourage people to actually look inside. It's not out there. The more you're out there looking for it, you think it's, you know, you want to be this or you have to be that or, you know, you're shamed because you're not good enough or all these things that we carry around, we get really down deep. So I did say I was a deep guy. <laughs> I tried to warn you. <laughs> it's not out there. It's inside. And when we realize that, when we come to realize that and we look in, then we begin to grow. That is when I believe that you find true purpose when you find when you try. I mean, that's where you find true success because it's not out there. Those are all just those are all byproducts of the thoughts that we're carrying inside. So this is interesting.
1: And, you know, I I, I 100 percent agree with you. Here's my follow up question. then:
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How do I find what's inside of me? Right, because because for me, I feel like I've discovered. But I know there's a tons, thousands of people that are listening to this right now, going, "Okay, cool, that's cute." <laughs> <laughs> give, give,
2: give me some stuff I can Right, right,
1: right, right. You know, I um, love it. You know, I absolutely love. Do that. I define it?
2: So, let me let me share with you. I in the interest of not. Overpowering the audience or being like a fire hose of just straight up information. I mean, I can go through some practical steps. In fact, I could go through about twelve steps in reinventing yourself.
1: This isn't AA. I know. (laughs) I knew that was coming.
2: (laughs) I have thought about actually making it eleven steps, just (laughs) just eliminate one, just because. (laughs) No, but the first, the first one, I believe, I think you have to find some type of disconsent discontent. Anyone who had wants change, they want to reinvent themselves, believe me. I am I have a PhD in mistakes. So right. and and I kid you not, like I have made lots and lots and lots of mistakes in my life. But I don't regret them. I'm proud of them only because they have brought me to the point of they're the aggregate of who I am. And that is why I'm able to do effectively what I what it is that I do today. Discontent is a huge, it's like pain. So I believe pain is an indicator of change. Just like wind is an indicator of change in the weather. Like when you're going from cold to, to hot, you'll get a lot of wind. Or when it's about to rain, you'll get a lot of wind. It's an indicator of change. Pain is the same thing. And when we look at it that way, if I'm bending my thumb back, just to be silly, bending it back, it hurts, it hurts. Well, you know, that's telling me, hey, you should let your thumb go. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just an indicator of change. So when we when we look at that, when we recognize the frustration, the discontent, then we know it's time to change. That's the first thing. Some people don't realize that so they don't go to the next step. They just swirl in that discontent. That's a mindset issue.
1: Yeah, no, I love that thought just because I often believe you got to get pissed off to move.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Because I'm going to take a stab and say that some portion of you running those companies got beyond some level of beyond discontent and went full on frustration to mad because you didn't find what you were seeking. If we were going to bring it all full circle yeah, and that's what forced you to leave. Because I mean, that's how I jumped yeah. was I just got pissed off that I was living other people's dreams,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and their stories. And that's what, is that what you're talking about? It's exactly what I'm talking about. So it's, it's, there's a lot of dynamics involved in that. I mean, there's lots of things that came that culminated to one to one point. But yes, um, more simplistic to keep one, at least one thing simple here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it, it, it was a lot of things. But yes, I was so frustrated on living someone else's life. I knew there was more. I think there's a lot of people out there that want more, but they just don't know what more is or how to go about finding it. And that's the point that I had come to. I was living someone else's life. What What I was told I needed to be doing, I was carrying all these mental thoughts that were not mine. So that's the point. So the next step, once you become discontent like that, here's some practical things you can do. Pick a target. So I decided... There's something wrong with me. I want to reinvent myself. I want to be somebody different than who I am today. And we have the ability as brilliant human beings to be able to do that. And I, I think I think it's a great message. Like your message needs to be heard. You need to know that you have the ability to be anybody you want to be. So The next step, once you just pick a target and you don't need to have your purpose fully defined and you don't have to have your why and all these things that people say, because why is nested. That's a whole different conversation, but, (laughs) but you just have to pick a target, pick a general target. Hey, I want to be this kind of person. I tried to write out who exactly I wanted to be and I found it hard. Mm -hmm. I, I had to literally, and here's a great exercise for people. I had to remove myself from me and do it in third person as in when he walks in the room, you know, this. And then that allowed me to actually describe who I wanted to be. For some reason, I was stuck. I was I was struggling trying to describe me in a different light. And so I offer that to people. If you're in that, if you happen to be in that headspace, step outside of yourself. Think of some of the people who have modeled, maybe some of the people you admire, maybe some songs you know of, maybe some, uh, you know some quotes that you that resonate with you, and try to put yourself in that space, and just describe what it is that you want. It doesn't have to be perfect. You only need a, a sense of it. Once you get to that part, you have a starting point. You don't have to be great to get started. You just have to start to be great, which is a well-known quote. Yep. Um, and then begin to to create a foundation. So, I am a foundation guy. What I didn't know through my through my path, then I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to be in construction. That's a whole nother fascinating story I love to tell in, a, in, my, speak, in my public speaking. But I was pouring foundations all over the country for these stadiums, specifically and these multi million dollar projects. I was pouring foundations. What I didn't know is I was preparing myself for the foundation, the new foundation of when I reinvented myself. I learned that process. I learned how to read blueprints. I learned how to be very systematic. And I used that process to reinvent, to come to the point to who I, I am today. Part of what that taught me is, and I'll throw out one other great exercise, and this is so powerful. And I really want to drop some serious valuable, value for the, the listeners. This is a great exercise. When I realized that I wanted to change, I knew I needed a foundation because that I had locked that. I had to have something solid, some concrete. And it had to be strong and and sustainable. And I just got so frustrated. I said, what the hell do I believe? I don't even know what I believe anymore. And so I I decided to remove all my beliefs. I just played a game with myself for two weeks. I said, I'm going to remove everything, all my axioms, everything I've ever been taught, everything I've ever been told, everything I've ever been, you know, that's been discussed with me. I'm going to remove them all and I'm going to start fresh. So I literally played that game. What do I believe? And I came up with a foundation of eight beliefs. That is that were not proposed by someone else. So I had this little formula, S I versus P O self-imposed versus proposed by other. Mm. So I wrote down all these beliefs that I could come up with. It, and it's a challenging exercise because we had there's just like soup of these beliefs that we've picked up. Um, so readily that we don't often think into. So I wrote them all down, and then I narrowed them all down to eight, and then I, I classified them: were they proposed by others or are they mine? And I got rid of the ones that weren't, that weren't mine, um, and I made them. I decided what I believe and what I don't believe. It's one of the most powerful exercises I've ever seen anybody do.
1: That's awesome, man. I mean, you know, here's what I what, what I, I love it. One very few people have the mental bandwidth to dissect what they've done and turn it into something. So, so well done for that. Um, two, I love the fact that you're describing your methodology by sharing what you had to go through to discover it. Right. And, and I, and I love the practical advantage. I mean, I, I, you know, I look at, Every time I interview somebody, a lot of times I look at it from the perspective of how it's ridden with me on my journey is, is what they're saying, you know, did it play out as part of what I'm going through? And I I love it because it's yours absolutely is. And what's interesting is this whole last portion you said, is it my belief source it somebody Mm else's? that's a deep thought. And that's gotta be, I mean, I'm just thinking if I went through that process, would I be able to pull it off? You know, were I able to dissect my own beliefs enough to to embrace? Did I come up with that or did somebody else feed that idea to me? How did you do that? I mean, how did you really, you know, differentiate between the two beliefs?
2: Yeah, it took a lot of filtering. So, you know, a, a lot of journaling, a lot of paragraphing, if you will. I think I just made up a word there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but, it, I mean, it took some work. So, I I just... Um, I threw it on paper and then I narrowed it down and narrowed it down and narrowed it down. And so now I actually am at the point where I've been doing this for a while now and, and I coach in this area as well. But now I have a beliefs. I mean, my number one belief, number one belief, I can tell you right off the top of the head, I can tell you all of them, but my number one belief is making the impossible. I believe that you can make the impossible possible. And I see that sounds like a crazy statement, People, I know there's listeners saying that doesn't even make sense, but it does to me because I see it in my coaching and in my clients every day. They believe something is possible when I first meet them or when we first connect, and then they're able to actually work through that to the point where what they thought was impossible becomes possible. So even a simple statement like that can be super, super powerful. So it's really just a distillation process if you will so taking taking what was complicated and this is what i pride myself in taking what what is complicated and just distilling it down distilling it down distilling it down to make it simple that in itself is a powerful nugget in business alone um there's a lot of business people i work with a lot of entrepreneurs There's a lot of business people who make things more complicated than they need to be, really. So using that distillation process to consolidate things and make them simple is another powerful nugget that I can offer.
1: (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting is you've done a lot of really cool things in your life. Where do you think this is all going to take you?
2: That's a great question. So every influencer, I'm fortunate. I went to seven events last year, all over the country. Um, I was down in Miami. Um, I was, I was all over. It was Miami, Austin. I went all over other country, went to California and then came back. What the best event? I saw an intensity of events. So a spectrum of intensity. Some were low intensity. Some were just in the beginning stages. I love supporting people to do these types of things. So I went on the country just meeting a lot of group owners and different people and influencers, you know, micro-influencers and heavy influencers. The highest intensity by far was Tony Robbins. <laughs> that, that, that event, UPW, is just unbelievable maximum intensity. Like it was, I mean, if you go there and you don't say, wow, you might <laughs> be dead. and I saw lower ones so where I'm going with this is I'm going on a speaking path so I am on a speaking path and that helped show me what intensity level I want to be at so I would say if you're a speaker you better have some tennis shoes on because I'm chasing you
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
2: you know growing up as
0: a kid
1: you know, I, I guarantee you that, that, that on that journey, when the teacher looked at you during your years where you were class clowning and, and everything else, and you said, and she said, or he said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? At, at, at what portion did you jump out of your chair, run around the classroom and scream, I'm going to be, you know, this big celebrity on stage, inspiring people to go for it?
2: At no point. <laughs> At no point. This has definitely been a succession of incremental micro, micro wins and losses. Um, it is definitely, so I'm a pattern guy being a cryptologist in the Navy helped me tremendously, but I think that's a natural talent anyway, seeing patterns um, deeply and I'm a Y guy. So I like to, um, I like to really figure out the engineering behind something. I need to know why. That's why I wasn't engaged in school because I would ask, well, why is zero zero? I don't understand that. And the teacher would basically say, well, just that's the way it is, right? <laughs> and that didn't work for me. Um, they wanted me to, you know, to do that rote memorization and that style learning doesn't work for me because I need to take something to a deep level. But when I'm able to do that at my own pace, then I'm able to recraft it into something that could be super powerful for people so that they can understand it in a different way for those types of people that that resonates with. I'm sure there's probably a few listeners going, yes, I <laughs> get that, you know, but it's, but you have to really learn at a deep level to be able to do that. So I think that I'm going to continue to use that in order to serve people in the best way. For me, that's where I found my meaning. That meaning is inside me. I want to serve people. I want to impact people. I have a goal to impact a billion lives. So I want to be able to truly transform a billion lives. Now, that sounds like a lot and that might sound like a crazy statement, but if we deep dive it a little bit, it's not. If I impact person one person who impacts another person who impacts another person or if I impact one to many on a speaking stage, then maybe even 20 or 30 or potentially maybe a thousand, then and they then to impact people then a billion really isn't that much so here, here's what keeps going through my mind
1: i love this whole theory this guy's nuts well that that too <laughs> yeah, yeah. i thought that when i first saw you you know um uh, but no it, what's interesting to me is i think a lot of people are gunning for tony robbins right a lot of people want that that level of stage mm-hmm. um i think you actually will probably pull it off from a process standpoint um I think you just got that in you, but here 's what i 'm curious about we're mm-hmm. having a conversation here, and you're a pretty mellow down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. You grew up in a blue collar lifestyle
2: mm-hmm.
1: you go through the navy, which is blue collar still mm-hmm. um you get into construction, still blue collar even though you held the the top title, if you will, mm-hmm. now a speaker how the hell is this guy who grew up in a blue collar world that is a kind of mellow Mm -hmm. wanting to get that amped up and fired up when on
2: stage? It's a great question. In fact, I think that's the first time I've ever been asked that question in, in that style. So I love that. I commend you and celebrate you for that. It's a great question. I'm just amped up about serving people in a, in, in a, in a massive way. Um, I am so passionate about this because I didn't have a mentor growing up. The only thing that I had available to me at that time was what I used, the audio books. See, see how they come full circle, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's all. So I'm going back pre-internet. Yes. I remember the rotary phones and, you know, <laughs> the, the listeners have never even heard of or maybe seen a picture of, but it, and and I'm, I don't regret that. It's brought me to who I am today. It's actually given me a, an ability and a passion. See, things were a little bit different back then. The internet's a beautiful thing, and I think sometimes we we miss what's right there in front of us. It's like the fish doesn't see the water, right? We may be missing the fact that the internet, with the internet, we have the ability to connect with anybody with this phone thing that we hold in our hand. Anybody, billions of people across the planet, which is amazing. We did, I didn't have that ability when I was young. And so I'm super passionate about making sure that everybody wants a mentor or a coach. I mean, it's, coach is just like, it's a term that people use. They take this, and uh, forgive me, but I am really passionate about it. They take this six-week course and then call themselves a coach. I saw something on the internet the other day uh, uh, about, you know, take this course for 25 bucks. What? And then you're going to try to coach me. I'm sorry. And I don't mean this from ego. I really don't. I mean it with the utmost humility, but you're not going to have a whole lot to offer me in my walk, in the walk that I've had. Well, come on, man. There's there's 21-year-old life coaches. That's that's (laughs) what I'm talking about. And, And I'm not dogging them. That's a great path. You know what?
1: To that point, because I've been zinged on podcasts for saying this, and one gal hit me with a zing that I actually listened to. She's like, "Look, doesn't mean that twenty-one-year-old cannot coach a sixteen- and seventeen-year-old about you know the next stage of their life." Mm -hmm. So even if you are a twenty-five-dollar course coach, that's that that whole thought process is funny to me. But Mm -hmm. um, if you are there, make sure you're teaching people to to your level. Mm-hmm. don't don't Agreed. overstate where you can get them and what you can do for them um if you've never run a million dollar business don't tell them you're
2: going to get them to a million dollar business you don't <laughs> know how <laughs> it's too much there's way 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 too much of that I, I still give them credit they're doing their thing and i give them credit for actually taking action but authenticity is huge so when i began to reinvent myself i began to realize all these things authenticity, character. I don't think character is talked about enough. Integrity sometimes is talked about in a in in a in a way that doesn't even describe integrity. These things, deep dive in these words, they're just words, but they have meanings and stories behind them. And so I'm fascinated nowadays about, you know, deep diving these words for people, helping them discover who they really truly are. That's hence the name of my company, Build Brilliance. It's it's really pulling the brilliance from inside you we're all brilliant in our own unique right here's a fascinating thing my company is built on the brilliant diamond and we just use that as a as a uh, as a metaphor for what i do inside a diamond there's these scratches inside deep inside there's these scratches and these little faults they're in every diamond they're called inclusions and if we would look at our life like that yes we're flawed in certain ways we have these little different uniquenesses I may have just created another word.
1: Yeah, that's twice <laughs> today.
2: Keep it up, Brad. <laughs> These uniquenesses. Um, but they're, they're just inclusions. They're just a part of our life. When we realize this and we begin to really discover who we are, then we stop thinking about what other – we stop looking for validation from other people. We don't, we don't need it anymore. We just become ourselves authentically, and we're just we just show up aligned, and that's not a real sexy word. But it's a powerful one when we're fully aligned, when we're the same person at work and at home and at church and all these things that we do at the basketball game and the football game. When we're the same person in all those areas, you're unfuckwithable. That's a Yeah. You just people can't touch you. There's not you don't have to worry about. There's too much worry and doubt and fear in the world. It's like an epidemic.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, it was empowering for me because I was the guy growing up in the sales world um, that the best sales guys were driving the nice cars and wearing the big suits and you know walking a certain way and talking a certain way. So I was a replica of what these guys were because I wanted to get where they were. And what's interesting is when I stopped trying to be those guys, Mm -hmm. my career took the hell off. (laughs) And uh, interestingly enough, same thing happened when I started my business. I was trying to be all these other people in names and everything else. And when I said, screw it, just be me, my company took off. You know, so it's very becoming that when you step into who you are, Man, it's amazing about who you become.
2: Yeah. I'm so 100% with you. <laughs> so that coming full circle, that's where my search, well, I don't want to say it ended because I haven't died. In fact, my life just is just beginning. <laughs> but coming full circle for the journey, that is what happened. When I stopped chasing those things, what I was told I was supposed to be. I'm supposed to have a big house and a big car, and that's how I that's how I show my success. When I I'm with you, when I let all that go, that's when I started to really find my meaning. And meaning, when when we're driven by meaning, it's so powerful. So that is that is why I want to chase the heels of those types of people because I think they've discovered that too. The greats, they all knew that. Jim Rohn, I mean, Jim Rohn was a was a mentor to Tony Robbins.
0: Yes, he and, was. You
2: know, Don Maxwell, you know, these, these people, I think they, they discovered that. And that's when their, 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 their levels of success really started to propel. So I'm with you 100%. That's awesome. So what do we
1: see in, in the nearest future? I mean, uh, for you, um, what's happening
2: next? Yeah, I love it. So um, I, I have a joint venture with a couple other people, and we're starting what's called Unleashed and Unlimited. So it's a Tony Robbins style. Now, of course, this is a journey. So
1: <laughs>
2: you don't have to worry yet, Tony. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just having a little fun. With yeah, that. it's fine. I mean, what he does is amazing. And what, what we'll do is a slight variation of that, but it's similar. Um, we really want to help people become unleashed and unlimited. I have the utmost belief that no matter what you want to do, that it is possible. Now, there's some probability in that too i mean there's some chemical and stuff i'm, I'm not going to be a running back let's face it oh well,
1: yeah my my buddy's running joke is is he's like i'm 6 four, 300 pounds, I'm never going to be a jockey. I don't care how many times I tell myself I can be a jockey. And my no. response is
2: there's Clydesdales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but within those understanding those constraints, there are always some constraints, but, but the constraints in our mind and the actual constraints, there's a gap between those oftentimes with most people. So we want to be able to help people through some of those. And we really want to truly just Get them unleashed, I'm just so passionate about. When somebody becomes fully unleashed, there's nothing stopping them. I have this statement. I'm going to get there or you're going to find me caught dead and pointed in that direction. That's how strongly, that's how committed I am to this path. When you're that passionate about anything, and we have different, we have these inclusions, we have these different brilliances. When you figure out what that thing is, there's nothing stopping you. So Unleashed and Unlimited, that's, that's what's, uh, that's, what's coming around the corner now.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Brad, how do people get in touch with you? They want to reach out. They want to find out more about Unleashed and Unlimited. And I love that name. Um, they want to send you an email, you know, carry your pigeon, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, maybe it's the old rotary phones that you got to dial. I mean, <laughs> how do people get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, carrier pigeon would be extremely effective. <laughs> I would say, because that would definitely, that would definitely get my attention. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I just got to admit, if I you walk out my, the- my front door of my farm and there's a pigeon sitting on the thing with a notarized leg, you know. Uh, I'm going to read that message. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you really want to get an influencer's attention, send them a That's a great nugget. I love it. Now, um, Facebook is probably the best. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, Facebook, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, but, but I do most, mostly Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Entrepreneur Escalation. However, and you're going to get a preview because nobody knows this yet. That'll be changing to Unleashed and Unlimited.
1: Nice. <laughs> nice. So nice. that's the
2: best way. Um, just just Facebook. Build Brilliance um, is my my business page, and just just look me up, Brad. Awesome. Brad over. That's awesome.
1: Well, my brother, I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show and hearing your journey and and what you went through, went through what you went through. Thank you. <laughs> I can't talk today, obviously. Um, here's how I like to wrap up every show, and I do stump some people, so so get ready, bring uh, it. If you were gonna leave the champions that listen to this show entrepreneurs from all over the world, veterans, business owners, um, all people that are trying to find their own success on their journey. Mm -hmm. If you were to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, a motto, something Mm -hmm. they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it, Mm -hmm. what would be that quote you would say? Remember this.
2: Who you are is greater than where you are.
1: Oh, that is a powerful statement. Who you are is greater than where you are. Love that. I,
2: th- dude. I think during adversity and we all hit it. If you really reach deep inside and you say to yourself who I am is greater than where I am. Love that. Love that. Love that.
1: Brad, brother. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate uh, being a part of your journey, hearing your story. Thanks. Thanks again for coming on the show.
2: Likewise. Thank you. It's been an honor. But what you the ground know, is no place for the ground is no And the ground is no place for a champion. No for, a champion. No for a
1: champion. There you have it. Brad Milford. Man, what a cool dude. I I you know I probably say it too often, but I'm telling you, the people that come on the show, I just enjoy because they become friends, they they become colleagues, they they just become people that you know I look up to and have great conversations with, and I love love you know the relationships that I've formed because of the show. Man, so so I um, hope you enjoyed this one, guys. Do me a favor, make sure you go check out Point Blank Safety Services. Find them at pointblanksafety.com, and then jump over to Facebook. Come hang out with us. I am telling you, if you want to unleash your inner badass and really go for it, come hang out with us in Success Champions. Just go to Facebook, type in Success Champions in that search box, click on groups, and you'll find us there. And then, guys, like and share and review this show. It means everything to me. And when, when you do that, it, it is literally like you walked up, gave me a high five, gave me a hug, said hello, told me you're a badass, and, and it means everything to me. Guys, seriously, go blow some shit up. Go big and loud and light this damn world on fire. We'll catch you next time.
0: Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow.